Well, good morning, and welcome to Celebration Church. Glad to have all of you here, as well as those who join us uh, via satellite at our campus in Stevens Point, and those joining us in video as well down in the uh, Celebration Campus uh, Cafe. Uh, looking forward to next Sunday, we'll be joining uh, people on the west side of Green Bay and our new campus over there. We're really excited about that. God is doing some incredibly exciting things. I'm going to ask everybody to stand together wherever you're at, uh, Central Wisconsin here or over at the cafe. We're all going to join together as uh, believers together. It's the one thing we all say together, do together at the same time as we make our profession of faith in who we are and what it is that we believe. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may all be seated. Just a, a quick uh, little plug for our Pam Stenzel replay that we did. She was here talking to our young people about uh, sexual uh, uh, purity and, and the importance of it. Uh, and we had just a fabulous night. We had between everybody in point and here we had 1,300 people show up for that. And uh, we're going to replay it because a lot of people wish they had a chance to see it. And uh, so we're going to be doing it again on November 10th. So if you missed that, it's your opportunity to come back. Or if you were here and thinking, man, I wish I would have brought so-so. Or I wish, you know, those other guys would have heard it. Here's your opportunity. You young people who heard it and thought, man, I wish my friends could get a chance to hear this. Make sure that you will come back out. November 10th, we'll be talking about it some more to remind you. And we're going to replay uh, that on that Monday night, November 10th. All right, we are coming now to the end of our 40 days journey to a more generous life, and we've had a great time doing it. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you've gotten in the habit now of doing a devotional like that, keep doing it. Uh, find other devotionals. You can get at Christian bookstores and stuff. Just simple little things that every day it just takes a minute to just read a couple of verses, a little thought. Maybe some of these even have a little prayer you can pray. Uh, I encourage couples to do this together, dads to do this for your whole family. It's a great way of just honoring God in just a few minutes every day of your life. We always did that with our kids <clears throat> until the day they left the house. I mean, if they came over and they were 17, 18, and they had all their buddies with them, whatever time of night, we'd call them all together, everybody in here, and we'd all get down, and I'd read this little simple devotional together with them and pray with all of them. Then let them go back to do what they were doing. It's a simple way of of uh, putting God first in your life. So, uh, uh, but this has been a fun thing and, and, and these scriptures and stuff that we've had a chance to read together have been very encouraging about what it means to be generous and how God blesses those who are careful to bless other people. This morning's message um, is, I've titled The Culture of Offense. And I want to read to you from Psalm 119, verse uh, 165, the King James Version. It says this, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing, nothing shall offend them. Proverbs 19.11 says this, A man's wisdom gives him patience, 
And it is to his glory to overlook, overlook an offense. Of course, we just prayed together as we do every Sunday. Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who hurt us, who sin against us, who offend us. This is Christianity 101. I am stunned and amazed. Honestly, this is, if there's one bit of Christianity today that just amazes me in the church in America today is how people do not understand the most basic truth of Christianity. And that is when somebody hurts you, when somebody insults you, when somebody, even Bible says, uh, despitefully uses you. It's bad enough to be used. How bad is it to be despitefully used? That our response, foremost, number one, should always be, I forgive that offense. But that's not what we do today in America. The church has gotten caught up in the uh, culture in which we live. And I'll tell you what, until the church starts being the church first and start letting us to affect our culture, we're going to be a mess. Because what we have been doing for so many years, 50 years easily in the last 50 years of this country, we have let the culture affect us. We've let the culture change the way we think instead of us changing and affecting them. We should be the salt of the earth. Jesus said, if the salt has lost its saltiness, what good is it? And we are dangerously low on our saltiness today. And one of the things that we have in our country today is we live in a culture today that demands no offense. Don't you dare offend anyone. You can't put up the Ten Commandments and a public property or a uh, nativity display publicly because it may offend someone. If one person is offended, there's one woman who is offended by the fact that they allowed prayer in public schools in this country and demanded, I should never have to be offended. We have to be careful how we refer to races today. You have to be careful how you refer to us Puerto Ricans. You got to be careful how you use a proper word referring to black people. You have to be careful how you recur, uh, 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 talk about Mexicans. Polish people, they've been so abused, they don't care what you call them. <laughs> God bless the Polish, man. You know, seriously. <laughs> talk Talk about a bunch of people who should be able to walk around whining and belly aching because they have someone said this about me. You know, I man, most of the Polish people I know are better at telling Polish jokes than I could ever get at. <laughs> now, I'll tell you, there's a freedom in that too, by the way. When you refuse to be offended, you just smile. But it's not like that in America today. Don't offend me. Don't offend me. Don't offend me. This offends me. That offends me. I'm going to take you to court. I can't, I can't believe I've been offended. And we bought into this culture in our country. We've lost our minds in the United States of America. Okay, we can't have offense. And the church has been poisoned by this thinking. And in the church today, we have people who are constantly, constantly pointing out offense. And when they are offended, rather than doing what the Bible teaches, we claim to be people of the word. It's interesting. You know how you can always judge somebody by the words. Look, look how they live their basic lives. Someone said, well, I, you know, I want, I want to be in the word. I want to be in the word. But that guy hurt me. And I'll never forget that one guy. He offended me. And, I, and it's terrible. And they did this and this to me. And it's, 
But I'm very spiritual. You're not spiritual. You're a nothing. People who constantly nurse offenses rather than being biblical, what the Bible says, which is to forgive. Jesus, in fact, said, we need to forgive our brothers even when they sin against us many times in the same day. He asked his disciples, how many times do you think you should, the disciples asked him, how many, times, how many times should I forgive my brother? When he says, seven times? They thought they were being generous. I would take that. I would be thrilled with that. Give me seven shots to tick you off. <laughs> I would be thrilled if you give me seven, just seven times where I can insult you publicly. I would be thrilled with that. But Jesus said, seven, are you crazy? He said, 70 times seven. But that's not what we have today. No, we don't live biblically. We're very spiritual. We have all spiritual. We, we, we phrase stuff in spiritual ways, you know. I've been offended. We nurse our offense and we take these, these little offenses. and say, look at my offense. Look, look how pretty it is. It's such a nice offense. Let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you how. You see what he said to me? You see that? You, you want to hold it? You can hold it. Here you go. Okay. All right. All right. Isn't it? Oh, it's so pretty. Give me back. I want to. Oh. 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 You see what he did to me? Look. Look. Look at that. Look. Look over here. Good grief. What spirit is that? You ought to take that baby and say, let me see that baby. And just whip that baby. <laughs> now, don't do that to a real baby, all right? Be <laughs> up-checking babies. <laughs> I'm talking about these offenses. Ooh, they did that. And he said this to me. And ooh, 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 ooh. Now, this is a problem for a guy like me because I'm pretty offensive. <laughs> I am. People can say, brother, you offended me. That doesn't shock me. It doesn't. And, so, and then if you come talk to me, and, and if I'm guilty, I will apologize. I'm very quick to, I really am. I've had a lot of people come to me and say, you know, Pastor, you, you really hurt me when you said such. I said, really? I had one wonderful couple. I don't know if they're here this morning, but a sweet couple in church came to me not long ago because I had, I had offended them. And uh, they said, well, why, why, did you, why did you say I said, oh, I'm sorry, I, did, I didn't mean to offend you. And they said, well, why did you say it that way? And I said, because I'm a butt. <laughs> but I didn't say butt. <laughs> I used a more common phrase, <laughs> which I will not say for a fear of offending someone here this morning. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just a... <laughs> and they smiled and said, oh... Okay, and <laughs> we hugged each other, and it was all good, you know. So why are you so quick to do that? I don't know, it's just the way I am. And I'll tell you what, I am one of these guys, I have had it up to here. I get just ah, a difficult, nitpicky Christianity, nitpicky religion. ways and I hate it and I've seen churches be tormented 
tormented by this for years. And I always sit there and think, why doesn't the pastor say something? Well, because he's afraid of offending someone else. I thought, man, if I ever get a shot at this, I'm just going to go after it. Now, granted, I might be a little quick to jump on stuff, but I'd rather do that. I'd rather err on that side than let the stuff spin out of control. Goodness gracious. People just come up with some of the goofballest, craziest, self-centered, nastiest little critical spirits and well, Pastor, I didn't appreciate the way they did that. And I didn't appreciate it. And when we sang that song on Sunday morning, that just, it just grieved my spirit because it didn't lead us into the worship that I'd, oh, shut up. That's not very nice. I don't care. Obviously, I'm not the warmest, fuzziest guy in the world. But it's interesting. I had someone not long me said, man, I'll, I'll tell you, Pastor, I'm, I'm careful not to be critical now. As, as if that was a criticism of me. I'm careful now because the way you are, I'm careful not to be critical. I went, ding, 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 ding. That's the point. Should we not be careful not to be critical? Should we not be watchful that we're just not, pluck, 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 pluck. Doesn't the Bible say, rather be, why not rather take, a, why not rather uh, lose? Why not rather be wronged? What is this thing? Oh, I, got, oh, I got offended. I got offended. You can't say that. You can't say this. You can't say that. They just look at offense and they just pick it up in all these little spiritual, they, they surround it with spiritual phrases and stuff, but it's nothing more than criticisms and control and hurtful, I believe, hurtful ideas to the body of Christ. And I just will not tolerate it. Never have, never will. And I don't like it. And I'm quick to, I'm a mole whacker. You know those games in the arcades that they pop, those little moles pop up? Bing, 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 bing. I'm a mole whacking preacher. <laughs> I just am. And say, well, it hurts me when you do that. Well, come talk to me. I'll make it right with the best I can, but I just, if you have a concept or idea, I will preach against things that I think are damaging to the church. I just will. Have you ever been to a church where the pastor can never talk about anything? Have you ever noticed that? You, you sit in there and they never say anything. You can sit there for years. I've been in churches for years. They sit there and I, I'll walk out every Sunday. And I have no idea what he said. Just blah, 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 blah. You go on this. What did he say? I don't know. Something about blah, 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 blah. And they never say anything. And do you know why? Because they're afraid of offending someone. I can't talk about marriage problems because they might be having a marriage problem. And they'll be offended. I can't talk against porn because this guy over here looks at porn. And I, I can't talk about this or that because I'm... <laughs> and we have this culture. Don't you dare offend me. Don't you dare offend me. Praise God. I'm, I'm offended. Praise God. Look at my baby right here. <laughs> I'll drop kick your baby. I don't care. <laughs> Not a real baby. You got to be careful. <laughs> Boy, if any of you are trying to run for president someday, you are doomed. <laughs> you, think, you think Reverend Wright's giving him problems. <clears throat> Senator, do you go to church where that pastor says he drop kicks babies? <laughs> yes, I do. I'm sorry. 
goodness gracious. And I'm telling you, this nursing of offense and this, all this nonsense is all about control. These people want to be in control. You hurt me, so stop it. You can't talk about that because that bothers me, so stop it. How dare you say anything against my little things over here because don't you dare stop it, stop it, stop it. And churches today in America are absolutely controlled by small-minded people who get offended by every little puking thing that comes along. And these churches just starve to death and they're frozen. The pastor can never address anything because I'm afraid of offending somebody. And when they get around people like me, they get very frustrated. They do. They do because they have no control here. They don't control this little guy. And it makes them mad. And then they go to the next level. They now start making moral accusations against people like me. Jesus had the same problem. We're going to read about this in Luke, the seventh chapter. Jesus had the same, and I have to understand, Jesus is referring to people who are making moral accusations against him. They're saying that he's an alcoholic, that he hangs with people that are of moral, questionable character, whores and tax collectors and they're making these moral accusations against him. And then he responds to it in Luke, the seventh chapter, verse 31. He says, why can I compare this people of this generation? What are they like? They're like little children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to each other. We played the flute for you, but you didn't dance. We sang this really sad song and you didn't cry. <laughs> we did our thing and you didn't respond. Don't you know how to control you? And then he starts responding. He says, John the Baptist came neither drinking bread or eating. Drinking bread would be hard to do. <laughs> neither eating bread or drinking wine. He was perfect in that area. But you said he has a demon. He says, I come along, the son of man, eating and drinking. And you say, he's a glutton. He's a drunk. And he hangs with those people. He's, he's, he's associated with questionable people. They said this about Jesus. Now, recently, there's just been a people, there's just been a, a group of people, a very small group of very nursing wounded people who take their babies everywhere. Look at my baby. Look at my, look what he said. Look what he did. La, 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 la. And it hasn't had much effect. Now they've taken it to a new level. Now they're making accusations. I've heard some very interesting accusations this last week. You know, Pastor Mark has a drinking problem. Yeah, that's, that's the new rumor. You know where they get this from? Somebody in Stevens Point. <laughs> Not one of you guys, but... Somebody at Stevens Point, now this has to be three or four years ago because it's been this long since my, it, it took, it's taken four years to get that rumor from Stevens Point to here. You think we'd be a little faster than that, but. Someone at Stevens Point saw me and my brother Ed in a restaurant and we were loud and laughing. <laughs> loud and laughing. And they had a beer. Therefore, they were intoxicated. 
Really? First of all, my brother and I are loud and laughing all the time. We're loud at funerals. We're the kind of people, if we're in Lambeau Field, people on the other side of the field say, hey, Pastor, I heard you. I was in a movie not too long ago. At the end of the movie, somebody way down the front turns around and says, I thought that was you, Pastor Mark. You know, just. <laughs> Loud and laughing, so I'm an alcoholic. I have a drinking problem. You know. Now, granted, the two usually do go together. If you go to a restaurant and you hear Mary Rue loud and laughing with a beer, that might be a problem. <laughs> because she's a little quiet. The other accusation is this, well, I saw him come out of a of a grocery store and he had a six pack of beer. That's how I drink my beer. I buy it first <laughs> and I drink it later. Not at all at the same time either, just one. Someone saw me buying it. <gasps> same thing they said about Jesus. He's a drunk, he's a boozer. Why? Because I play the flute and he wouldn't dance. So I got to say something else and I got to take it to a new level. The other thing I heard this week, apparently my son-in-law Ross, our worship leader, is gay. <laughs> kind of a surprise to me. But, uh, they don't say that. They, 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 remember, remember what Satan does? He, he gets people to question. What about this? Well, what about that? Did you know us? Someone saw this. Ooh, 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 ah, ah. You know, Ross has been seen going into gay establishments. So I asked Ross. <laughs> Which is what you're supposed to do, right? And he said, you go to the source, find out. I said, hey, Ross, are you gay? He goes, what? <laughs> I said, have you ever been in a gay establishment? He says, well, he says, actually, he says, every once in a while, Leslie and I stop in at a club in town uh, that's owned by a couple of gay guys. I said, really? He said, yeah, we go in there, we talk to them, and we're friends with them, and we're nice to them. He, he even told me there are some people he met there, he brought them to church, a couple have even gotten saved. He goes there with his wife. Now, if you are gay, don't you leave your wife at home? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, wouldn't that be kind of a killjoy thing? <laughs> Sweetheart, you're really ruining my gay buzz here. Would you go? Because I'm... I'm... <laughs> now get it. He's not dancing and shouting upside down without a shirt singing YMCA. (laughs) 
He's in there with his wife. But see, guilt by association. That's the other thing religious people do. Guilt by association. Ooh, seen with sinners. Oh, oh. Someone's upset at us because we allow the women at our church to dress inappropriately. Really? Oh, yes. I've seen some ladies out there. They dress like, like prostitutes. That's a problem for you? What are you going to do when prostitutes start coming? I'm going to put a sign out in front. Big blinking Leon sign. Prostitutes welcome. Well, I just, I don't, I don't want, I don't want my husband looking at him. Then slap your husband. <laughs> Guilt by association. And then this one. You can't make this stuff up. Honestly, it's highly entertaining. Apparently, there's some question as to whether everyone on our worship team wears underwear. I do not, I can't write this material, honestly. <laughs> now that's a hard accusation to answer. <laughs> because when it comes to the issue of wearing underwear, I follow a very strict policy of don't ask, don't tell. I had some 84-year-old lady in the first service who came up to me afterwards and gave me a hug, and she goes, I don't wear a bra. <laughs> whoa, whoa. But the accusation goes like this, you know, that I don't see that person may not wear underwear and, 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 and they're, they're around our children. See, 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 there's questions, moral implications. Ooh, ah, ooh, what about this? What about that? Now, honestly, there is nothing in the Bible about wearing underwear. Personally, I wish you would all wear underwear. And if you don't, don't share that with anybody. <laughs> you may find a lot of people won't hug you after that. <laughs> but it is not a moral sin. Good grief. If it was against God's law, I'm sure God would have said something. Something like, you know, thou shalt not walk about freely. <laughs> or something. It's all about guilt by association. And they get very spiritual, very spiritual, very holy. It's interesting because the last time I was in one of these guys' houses that had saying that this week, last time I was in his house, he was drinking wine. Very interesting. But he said, well, yeah, yeah, but, but, but I'd never do it in public. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of Christianity I hate. Be one thing here, but have another thing here. Be one thing here, another thing here. Be like this, but when you get in the puppet, be something else. I can't tell you how many times I go to, to somebody and spend time with someone new in the church and they go, wow, you know, you're like that all the time. 
Yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> I hate that duplicitous game playing. And they make it very spiritual. Say, well, I, I would never want to cause someone to stumble. I would, I would never cause someone to stumble. You've all heard that, right? I would cause someone to stumble. Sounds very spiritual, but hear me. It is the biggest pile of horse manure people say in the church today. It's not about causing people to stumble. They're afraid what somebody else will think about them. That's what it's about. I highly doubt anybody saw Ross walking into an establishment owned by a homosexual and then suddenly went, okay, that's it, I'm turning gay. <laughs> I didn't want to be gay, but now I got to be. He made me stumble. He said, well, if someone sees me drink, drink a, a glass of wine, I'll, I'll, I'll cause them to, 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 to fall into sin. Really, really, I've, I've yet... Yet in my life, 54 years on this planet, 37 years of being a, a, a born-again Christian involved in churches, I have never seen it happen. I have never seen anyone who fell into sin because they saw someone do something. Now, I'm not saying it's never happened. I'm just saying I've never seen it. I asked my wife the other night, I says, have you ever, I said, in your whole, have you ever seen anyone stumble because they saw somebody else doing something? She says, no, I, I never have. I asked Lathan in the first service. He's older than I am. I said, dude, have you ever seen that? And he goes, no, I've, I've never seen it. Isn't that interesting? We've got this very spiritual justification for how to the Oh, I would never do that. I'm much more spiritual than Jesus because Jesus did it, but I would never do it. Good night. A couple of years ago, I was in a, at a conference, and this lady comes up to me. And she's a real nice lady, and she's all bubbly and stuff like that. And she said, she's talking for a while. I said, what are you doing? She says, and, and I'm a witch. I said, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Wiccan witch. I'm a third level or whatever, whatever they call themselves, Wiccan witch. How do you respond to that? I looked at her and said, are you a good witch or a bad witch? <laughs> I did. And we're talking. She said, hey, you want to have dinner with us tonight? And for a split second, I looked at this lady and I thought, what would all the other religious people I know say? They would say, don't do it. Someone might see you with a witch. Someone might think you've turned into witchness. Don't do it, brother. Stay away. You don't want to cause anyone to stumble. And I looked at her and said, yes, I'd love to. Looked at my wife and guys, hey, we're having dinner with a witch tonight. Really? <laughs> we did. We went out with a witch. I think I even had a beer. I had a beer with a witch. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Called the newspaper. <laughs> Pastor has beer with witch. <laughs> and as I'm sitting at this table, reclining with sinners, who does that sound like? Drinking with sinners. Who does that sound like? Anybody you might know? This witch looks at me and she goes, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. She says, you say you're a pastor. I said, yeah. She says, well, you know, you've got these real conservative Bible preaching pastors and then you've got real liberal pastors. She says, where do you, where do you line up? I said, oh, I'm one of those real conservative Bible preaching pastors. 
And she looked at me and she said, well, why are you nice to me? I said, what do you mean? She says, I've never met a born-again Christian that wasn't mean to me. The next day, she came to hear me speak. When I got done and I walked off the platform, she runs up to me, tears in her eyes. And she grabs me and goes, you make me want to be a Christian. Ah! And she ran out. <laughs> I don't think anybody would have seen that would become a witch. It's not about causing people to stumble. It's about, I, I, I'm afraid what somebody will say about me. And I have pastors, guys, you know, national ministries. I have a national ministry. It keeps getting more nationalized. And they tell, brother, don't do those things. Don't do people, you're going to have a national ministry, you can't do those things. I don't care. I am not going to become something I am not. I am not going to be afraid to associate with broken, hurting people because of what someone might say about me. You remember the Binions? They were here last year singing at Christmas time, great family. We went out to eat out at, down at Bra ah, Bravo restaurant, great little restaurant. Oh, by the way, someone said, I shouldn't go there because gays go there too. <laughs> oh, for all that stupid, I, I, with that mentality, I can't go to Walmart. <laughs> I mean, how homophobic do you gotta be? So we're at Ah, Bravo, great, great restaurant. We were there last night, actually, but we went there with the, with the Binions and uh, uh, we went there and the place was packed out. And uh, I said, well, there's going to be 30 minutes, you know, uh, you know, do you want to wait? We said, yeah, we'll wait. There's no place else to go. And, and I said, well, you can have a seat at the bar. And I looked at the video and said, come on. And, and you could see the fear in their eyes for a split second. Because, see, they, they come from that southern Bible Belt mentality, that culture, which I personally despise. I love them as brothers in Christ. We believe in Jesus, that, that, but that religious. I hate it. And I said, oh, come on, don't worry about it. This is Green Bay. <laughs> I said, okay, so they came and sat down with us. As soon as I sat down at the bar, the bartender goes, hey, Pastor Mark. <laughs> and I looked at him and said, well, hi. I said, well, I don't go to your church, but I know who you are, and I've heard you talk and stuff, and she's talking all of a sudden, a guy off to my right goes, Hey, it's Pastor Mark! <laughs> and another guy on the left hand of the bar goes, Hi, Pastor Mark! I love your sermons, man. They're, they rock! <laughs> now, how often they came to church, I don't know. Well, at their bar, were they drunk? I don't know. They were certainly working on it. <laughs> <laughs> more than I would have, you know, I just, you know. And I loved every second of it. Talking to these people, identifying these people. Now, if someone, if someone ever says to you, I saw your pastor with people who, 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 who drink, say, great, did you say hi to him? He loves to say hi to people. If you see Ross go in a gay bar, say, hey, did you say, did you say hi to him? Ross will talk to fence posts. He loves to talk to people. He's with his wife. Good grief. You know, there's this, you ever been to a, uh, a hospital ward 
where there's really sick people and, and, and they have such low defenses to stuff that, that you can't let anybody in that has a cold or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? They'll, they'll say, you know, if you got a cold, or anything, you can't come in here. You can't come in here. That's the way a lot of churches are. Can't, you, you, can't, you can't come in here if you're, if you're like that. You, you, you can't come in here if, if, if this or if you associate with you can't. You might cause someone to stumble. See, it's, it's like we all have really weak immune systems and we're, we're on the verge of death and it's, uh, you know, can't get around anybody. Like, if, you know, I just, uh. How you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm walking in victory in Jesus. Yeah, I just... <laughs> Just, just don't do anything questionable because it'll cause me to stumble. I just, I, but I'm, I'm really powerful in Christ. Yes, I am. Just, are you wearing a mask? Wear a mask! You might cough on me. Don't touch me! I got good news for you today. We really are strong in Christ. And we can have people that are sick come in here. The church is supposed to be a place for sick people. When they accuse Jesus of this stuff, he said, hey, it's the sick that need a doctor, not the well. It's the hurting that need the physician, not the well. You ever go to a hospital? It's kind of a drag full of sick people. It's supposed to be. People just around. Offended? Look, sometimes people offend you. I had a lady, attractive young girl that, that comes to our church. I don't know how often she comes, but she was sitting out in the foyer and she, she had tears in her eyes. I said, I said well, what's wrong? She said, some lady in church turned around and told me I look like a whore. She didn't like the way I was dressed. She looked like a whore. You know what a lot of Christians would have done? Oh, let me see that baby. Oh, look at that. Let's go show these people. Look, they called her a whore. Oh, look, oh, look. Just, oh, and just build and nurse that offense. I said, sweetheart, it's okay. Just forgive her. Really? Yeah, it's all right. What do you think? I look inappropriate? No, I think you look fabulous. Give me that baby. Now, should somebody have said that to them? No, they shouldn't have. But look, people sometimes say things that hurt people. The number one response should always be, let's forgive them. Let's forgive them. Let's, and don't say that to people, by the way, for crying out loud. I want people coming in here that aren't quite right. I want people coming to celebration churches that maybe don't dress quite appropriately. I want people coming in who are, are you know, a lot of people, the reason they, the very reason they don't go to church is because they know they, they're so broken. They intentionally won't go because they're so broken. And they know so many other churches, if you're broken and if you're hurting and you, if you're not dressed right and if you don't smell right or if you not have the right appropriate clothing or if you don't know the right things to say, they're shunned and they're pushed aside. Not here. I was talking to a guy this last week. He was talking about what he wanted to have on his tombstone. 
and they had this big elaborate thing he wanted. When he said, I die, I hope they put this on my tombstone. I said, really, I was thinking just putting no parking. <laughs> then I thought about it. I thought, you know what I would love to have on my tombstone? This is a man who associated with sinners. Let's, let's have our ushers come. Get ready to serve communion this morning. The band can come up. Look, these people are bitter, angry people. Their whole foundation is about offense. Their whole foundation is to say evil things about us. And I'll tell you what, they hate that this church is growing. They hate that it's packed out this morning. They hate that there's people in Stevens Point watching right now, and we need to go to two services in Stevens Point because there's so many people coming. They hate that there's people down in the cafe, and it just drives them crazy that we're getting ready to launch a new church on the west side of Green Bay. They hate it. And they're playing their food and we're not dancing and they're getting mad. And they're crying their songs and we're not crying with them and they're getting mad. So they're doing to us what they did to Jesus and say all manner of evil against them falsely questioning their moral character. I say, I don't care. Bring it on. Bring it on. Are we going to re retaliate against them? No. Are we going to say evil things about them? No. What are we going to do? We said it already today. Father, forgive us as we forgive those who hurt us. We hold nothing against anybody. When I stand before God on judgment day and he said, do you have any problem with these people over here? I'm going to go, nope. It's all good. I have no accusations against anyone. No charge against anyone. Pastor, has anyone ever sinned against you? Oh, yeah. I can't remember it though I don't hang on to those things I don't nurse those things I so need God's grace and forgiveness in my life how can I dare hold something against you I can't do it oh I'll rebuke I'll charge I'll take my mole thing and I'll beat people and you know, say stop you know, and that's not people, it's just ideas and critical, nasty things. And, but I don't have anything against anybody. I have no charge against anyone. I thank God that he loves me. It's an amazing thing. I, don't, I know he loves me. I just have never understood why. Because <laughs> I know me. <laughs> this morning as we get ready to have communion, I'd like everybody here as well as over in Stevens Point, those at the campus down in the, the cafe. Everybody just bow your heads for a moment. And I want us all to pray a prayer this morning. This is all about the cross. Heard a great song this week. It says, I could have been on that cross. I should have been on that cross. I would have had to have been on that cross. But he was on that cross for me. He took my sins. He took my shame. He took my biggest mistakes. 
and he pulled them away from me. He didn't keep track and shove my wrong in my face. He loved me. If you're here this morning and any of the campuses are in this building this morning and you've never experienced that wonderful love, we're going to pray a prayer together. And if you will pray this prayer and believe this from the bottom of your heart, you can experience God's forgiveness in your life this morning. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you love me so much, you went to the cross and took my punishment. I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I now surrender my life to you. Amen.